Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors, Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm located in Riverside, and I'm also a certified financial planner. Uh, We are a fee-only firm. Uh, We are also what we refer to as fiduciaries. I have three other individuals in my office that are also certified financial planners, as well as an attorney to assist and to help our clients with their legal issues, estate planning, and other business practices where they need that special kind of advice. If you'd like to know more about our firm, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Or just give us a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, under retirement update, I want to talk about a subject that I've, I've, I've talked about a lot over the last several months, and that is Social Security, because there is, I'm getting, I still get a, a barrage of questions from clients, and Social Security is complex. There's like 1,700 different options, and no wonder, I mean, you go into Social Security office and you ask somebody there, and particularly the people at the front desk, they oftentimes give the wrong advice they, because they're just there is a lot to know and a lot to understand in the options that you choose before you activate your Social Security. So one of the questions I had was, you know, clients says, I'm, I'm going to get remarried. And in her, her, her particular case, um, she was 61. She is 61 and she's planning to marry a man who is 72. And he's receiving the maximum Social Security benefits. So her question to me is, is how long do I have to be married before she can draw on his earnings? Well, her own retirement benefits continue to grow until age 70. Now, this is the complexity here. Because the soon-to-be wife, because this woman is age 61, she was born after January 1st, 1954. That's the cutoff date. She will never have the option of choosing to claim only a spouse, spousal benefit while her own benefit continues to grow. Only people who are born on or before January 1st, 1954, have the option of filing a restricted claim for spousal benefits at their full retirement age. Now, full retirement age is you get a statement from Social Security and it states on there what your full retirement age is. Now, whenever she files for Social Security, she will be paid the highest benefit to which she is entitled to at that age, 
whether on her own record or as her spouse. She must be married at least nine months and be at least age 62 to claim Social Security as a spouse. A spousal benefit is worth typically 50% of your husband's full retirement age benefit if she claims, again, at her full retirement age. You got all these little caveats. You got all these little things going in and out. And you have to make sure before you make a final decision that you have it all right. But you know, again, if her husband dies first, her survivor benefit would be worth 100% of what he's collecting at that time of his death including any delayed retirement credits, assuming she is at age full retirement age at the time she claims survivor benefits. So again, the complexity of social security is immense and something that is, a lot of times people just don't understand it and they just claim it and they end up locking themselves into benefits that are not gonna be truly the best economic decision. That's where we can help you. We actually have a social security analyzer and we can sit down with clients and it's something that I take continual education on all the time because it does change. Tax laws change, social security benefits have changed. They've changed all this and they do it periodically. Another question I had was from a high net worth client who is a social security recipient and she was married for 28 years and her late husband died in 2009. She asked me, she said, I, you know, I've been collecting survivor benefits, but she remarried in December of 2019, and she concerned about, you know, her concern is that she's no longer entitled to her late husband's benefit, and Social Security Administration may ask her to pay it all back. So the question is, what does she do? Now, if she waited until age 60 or later to remarry, she can keep her survivor benefits even if she is married to someone else. If she remarried before age 60, again, those dates and that age is very important, she'll have to forfeit the right to collect her survivor benefits on her late husband unless her subsequent marriage ends in divorce or death. Again, all these issues are extremely complex. And remember, the old file and suspend, you know, a lot of people still think that's, in, that's valid, but they actually, they, they knock that out. So you can't, you can't, as a, in most cases, it's the husband, you cannot file and then suspend your benefits to get your wife to receive the benefits. It just doesn't work. So they've said, no, you can't do it. So these things, again, if you'd like to know more about how this is important, because part of your financial plan is understanding social security, not only for yourself, but also for your spouse. You may have disabled children that could also come into play on this whole thing. And again, it's extremely complex. And the rules, it's like a moving target. They keep changing every single year, I swear. And you think you understand it just about that time, and then they change. It's almost like tax policy. You know, I told my CPA, I said, your profession is the only profession I know that you have to unlearn things. You know, most, most of the time, knowledge is progressive. But again, like Social Security, you have to renew, you have to re reorganize your thinking about what the benefits are. But it's what I'm trying to get across to here. If you listen to anything else, if you hear anything, the date when you were born and your age are so critically important. If you'd like to know more about how we can help you, if you want to talk to us about it, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management.
You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. There's a lot of talk these days about the return of irrational exuberance. Now, this is a terminology. This is a term that was coined by Ellen Greenspan back in 1996. And that's if you remember what was going on in 1996, the Internet stocks were going crazy. They were climbing at at completely I mean, well, well, he's coined it right, irrationally. Things were going up and there was no earnings. There was no support behind the pricing. And the question is, are we in the same state? So since March, when we had the downturn after the announcement of COVID and the government shot down, the stock market dropped about 30%. And depending upon your portfolio structure, but from that point on, we've had successive months of growth and we've we're coming back to where we were, were prior to COVID, but we've seen some pretty dramatic uh, shifts upward. I mean, there's been dramatic um, climbs, particularly in the technical stocks. And um, the question is, is, are we back into an irrational exuberance? In other words, are values of stocks completely out of line right now? And are we setting ourselves up for another major decline quickly? Now you have to remember that the stock market, when it went back you know, in January and February, we had, we had historically the lowest unemployment, we had low interest rates, we had low inflation, we had, we had, a, we had jobs coming back from, you know, companies were reorganizing themselves and coming back into the United States, moving from other foreign countries like China and such as that. So we, it's a completely different economic environment than what we've had in previous times. But the question is, are we headed towards a fall? Will there be in fact that fall off? And again, it's, what I call the end of the world bias that some people have all the time. It's like if Biden gets elected or Trump doesn't get reelected and, you know, the world's going to fall off a cliff. I think there's going to be obviously volatility, but at the end of the day, what we have seen again and again is that companies adapt. And, uh, you know, Thomas Paine talked about this as the invisible hand. And this is really important to understand is that, um, you know, you have companies, you have CEOs, presidents, you have boards, and they look at all these circumstances. My comments are always the same. I said, do you think the people that run these Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies are stupid? You know, they may be in the wrong position, but not all of them. Let me tell you, these, these people are bright and they have access to some of the best minds in the world to try and determine what is, where they should be going with it. So therefore, um, Again, going back to the question, are stock prices 
to the point where they're so high right now that they're going to be, they're headed for a fall, they're headed for a cliff. Now, you know, again, it there's there's things that you look at and there's measures that you take into account when you start to make a uh, decision about your asset structure and your portfolio construction. Now, again, back in 1999, the number of initial public offerings that came in that just before the bubble popped, there was 476 IPOs in that year. As compared to right now, there's only 44. So again, if we take it on a measure of exuberance, uh, there is not that many companies that are coming into the public markets that would cause that kind of exuberance. It's not oversubscribed, I guess is what the best way to say that. Also, the other thing you track is how companies, public companies, raise their capital. In other words, are they doing it through equity or are they doing it through debt? Now, uh, the theory goes that during periods of, of exuberance, companies increasingly turn to equity markets to raise capital. And in, in 1999, the last full year before the top of the internet bubble, the equity proportion stood at 18%. So far in 2020, in contrast, it's less than half. It's at about 7.5%. So these are measures that you look at, and we look at it all the time, is to determine valuation and risk. Another variable is relative valuation of dividend-paying and non-dividend-paying companies. So what you have here is that the top internet stock bubble, the price-to-book ratio of the average non I know I just got technical, right? But was more than double that of the average dividend-paying company. Today, it is nearly the reverse. Do you hear me? It's nearly the reverse. So dividend payers sport an average price-to-book ratio that is 44% higher than for the typical non-payer. So the, you know, the final indicator, the final thing that we would look at is the average, and, and we deal in some of this, and these are called closed-in funds. Um, they're not a common investment. You don't see them a lot. We, we like them because of the way they're structured, but they, they can have a lot of volatility. And one of the things that we look at is their discount rate to their net asset value. Again, I got kind of technical with you, but basically the, the price, in other words, the book value or the, the valuation of the company, the question is, where's the market value? In other words, where's the share, the price of that share, is it, is it above that book value or is it below that book value? And right now, the discount rate is still pretty big. And that's a good indication because of the kind of assets that make up in this, uh, these closed-end funds. And so right now, uh, in the market's bottom in March, this discount, it widened to one of the largest in history. I mean, we had this indiscriminate selling that went on in March. And when they throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know there, there's opportunities to be, to be had later on because people weren't even looking at what they were selling. They were selling their best assets. They were selling really good stocks, really good bonds, and everything was being sold. But one of the key measures is what happens with these closed-in funds, because these discounts tell us kind of the underlying asset structure and what's going on. And so right now, um, you know, this is a this discount has not closed the gap. In other words, it still is in a it still is in a disproportionately lower number. Now it doesn't say that the invest, investment's bad, but it also shows you what's going on as far as the valuation of stocks. Most of the stock market, folks has been pushed up by a very, very small number of stocks. 
you know, Apple and Tesla and NVIDIA and some of these other companies have had phenomenal runs. You know, Netflix has had phenomenal runs, Salesforce. But again, it's it's not the broader market. So again, the broader market is made up of, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands of companies. And each one of those companies has not enjoyed the same rate of return that a handful of companies have joined and has kind of pushed the market. So what, at the end of the day, asset selection is really important. And if you're just in an index fund or if you're in a mutual fund, you're probably not getting the asset selection that you need. That's where what we do is we work with some of the best minds in the industry to look at now the individual assets, those companies that are going to have a footprint after the recession, those companies that pay good dividends. And we also have a measure of risk analysis. In other words, we de-risk the portfolio or a portion of the portfolio based upon certain factors of volatility. Again, I just got technical again, but let me tell you, this works. And over the long haul, if you can look at it over a 10-year period, the rate of return on capital beats just about every single thing out there if you use some of these factors that I'm talking about. I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you and discuss in detail how we would structure portfolios and how this would work for you. Again, we are uh, fiduciaries. We don't make commissions. We don't make additional compensation by presenting. I can go anywhere you want. But at the same point in time, I want to make sure you're fully aware of some of the options that are available to you and help you make smart decisions about your money. This is all about preserving wealth and providing the long-term income, particularly if you're blessed with a long life. So if you're in your 60s, married, there is almost a 90% chance that one of you is gonna be alive in your 90s. So therefore, longevity is a big factor. In fact, it's a big risk factor. So therefore your portfolio should be structured to take you for the rest of your life. It's really important, folks. If you wanna to talk to me, give me a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011 or any of the other people in my office that are really bright and able and help you make good choices. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm gonna talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health and like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner, Randy Barkley, has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. I was raised in an environment. I was raised on a ranch in southwestern South Dakota, and we were 20 miles from the nearest town. And your resources were what you had. I mean, if something broke or you needed something, the bottom line is you didn't throw anything away. You saved everything. You were you were you saved water. You saved uh, material. You never wasted anything. Everything was utilized. Everything was thought about as how best to use it and how how to reuse it, and never throw it away until again. It, it one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy is a lot of it has to do with my background. 
is that, you know, you buy something, you buy a, a computer or whatever, and it goes bad, you don't fix it. You th- people just throw it away. Whether, whether, whatever it is, they just throw it away. It's like we have this, this um, society of yeah, everything just is, is available to you and it's at cheap cost and just, okay, if it's, it's not working anymore, we just throw it away or if it, if it doesn't break, it costs more to fix it than it is to replace it. The problem is this is catching up with us. And this, this really fits, it goes to my heart on one of the things that I think is really, really important and it's the pollution and primarily what's going on. We're dumping this stuff into our ocean. And there's an article in the Wall Street Journal that talks about the title of the article is Effort to Stem Plastic Pollution Falls Short. You know, in the, in the um, plastic industry, the energy, the, you know, the gas companies that, I mean, that provide the resource to, to make all this stuff. They are, the, I mean, those recycle symbols on the bottom of your packages or whatever, they're a complete joke. If you sit down and talk to the people that are in the business, uh, they will tell you right off the bat that most of the stuff that goes in the garbage, they can't recycle it because it's contaminated or whatever. And the concern I have is that if we continue to do this, the amount of flows that we are throwing into our ocean, because that becomes the garbage dump, basically is what's happening. Um, it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna have this stuff and it's gonna kill off all the Marines. Um, you know, the fish, the, I mean, it's just, it's just horrible folks. And, and, and what's really sad about this. I mean, if the volcano blows up next to you, the state next to you, there's not much you can do about it, but this is something we can do something about. Each one of us is responsible for the items that we have in our hands and what we do with them. And it takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of effort. And I'm, I'm for, in fact, I'm, I've reached out to, um, you know, different organizations and such. But I, I think we should be very involved as citizens, understanding where our garbage goes and how it's handled. I think I think companies should be required to not only recycle but to reuse, so we can put it back on the shelf or whatever. Nothing should should go in the garbage, and for sure, nothing should go into the ocean. Now, this article talks about this is this is a huge problem. You know, we're talking about right now the amount of this is in 2016. There was 200 million metric tons per year that were being dumped into the ocean. They're they're expecting by 2040, based upon where we're at, that that would go up to 450 million metric tons. This article talks about it, and it is it's astounding to me that this should be happening in this day and age. We sh- we are smarter than this, folks. We don't just drop stuff in a garbage, let somebody else take it. And who knows what they do with it. They, and most of it obviously is ending up in the, in the ocean and nothing is stopping the tide from all this stuff flowing over. If you would like to have a copy of this, I'll be more than happy to send it out to you. Give me a call at my office, 951-684-7011, or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Also, if you'd like, I, I cut out an article. It's called, it's, it's basically, it's an analysis of 50 uh, mask manufacturers from, uh, this is from Wall Street Journal. If you'd like to have it, it says, let your mask Olympics begin. But it's an analysis and uh, an overview of 50 different manufacturers of masks. And if you'd like to have it, I'll be more happy to send it out to you. They've got websites and costs and everything else, since we're probably gonna be wearing masks for a long time. 
Have a happy Labor Day. Enjoy Monday. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.